1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NFL Weekly Preview. You're tuned in to Roto-Grinders. I'm Justin Carlucci here with TJ Lasig. What's going on, man? I know every week I say, oh, what a crazy week in football, but this one might might take the cake so far in 2020.
2: Yeah. Oh, you probably didn't hear that, but there's just a massive thunder in the background. Uh, it's going to be some interesting weather for the Eagles game tonight. But, yeah, another week in the books. It was, it was a crazy one. I mean, it was like every – It felt like from Friday to Sunday at 1 o'clock, the slate got flipped upside down like four different times with some of the injury news that was coming out. And it ended up opening up a ton of value. And it was probably more of the one like stars, one of the more stars and scrubs heavy slates that we've seen just with the number of, of near minimum price plays that were viable, some of which panned out, some of which didn't. We obviously had the big dog, Derrick Henry, seemingly break the slate early on. And then Tyreek said, uh, I have something to say about that. And went off for like 60 points or or whatever he did. So clearly needed to have both of those two guys in your lineup to win, to win any tournaments this weekend. They just blew everyone out of the water.
1: Pure pure insanity, really. Just pure insanity. And even Thursday's slate, which we previewed last week, and – I'm really glad we didn't dive into Sunday's man because by the time we put out the pod last week, things were changing every day up until a lock. So all of our information would have been completely stale, as hard as it is to kind of record on Monday. But I mean on Thursday, you know, the, the football team blowing out Dallas and Houston laying it on Detroit and then Detroit cleaning house, kicking out Matt Patricia and company there. Better late than never, I suppose. But that just kicked off a crazy... What, 96-plus hours of NFL action between personnel changes? The Steelers game's been postponed a million times. Just got moved to Wednesday, so we still don't know for annual league-wise, like, what are these different sites going to do? People are texting me in re- leagues I run. I just got home from work. Is, this, is the game going to count? This? I'm like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. We are in uncharted territories, TJ. All I know is maybe we'll get another little showdown slate out of it between Baltimore and Pittsburgh at some point.
2: Yeah, I'm sure we will. Lots, lots, of, lots of room for showdown this year, but yeah, you're right. It really is an NFL season and just a year in general like no other. I mean, we got NFL teams playing a full football game without a quarterback. That, That is just crazy. I don't think that's something that any of us thought would, would ever happen. So only in 2020 can you get these kinds of things, but it really, really challenges our mind from a DFS perspective because we have to deal with a ton of different circumstances that that we wouldn't, you know, we have no precedent for how to handle things like this. So. I
1: kind, I kind of love it because, you know, I love NBA DFS is my bread and butter, and I love being able to do my best to adapt to the constant change. And you know, some people are so reliant on projections or so reliant on historical data between X, Y, and Z or whatever that it was a very interesting change of pace. And like you said, a bunch of min-price, cheaper guys became relevant. Some worked out, some didn't. But before we get there, you know, that Chiefs-Bucks game, we can just touch on because as neither team will be on the main slate this coming Sunday. Tampa Bay's on a bye and the Chiefs are prime time against Denver. Maybe they'll have a quarterback. Maybe they won't. But... 200 plus yards in the first quarter for Tyreek Hill, 60, what, 60 DK points. Mahomes setting the world on fire too. So not only did you need Derrick Henry, you needed Tyreek and most likely Mahomes. So crazy, 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 crazy. And my only other note from that, we're not going to talk too much about it, is some people are very analytical. Some people go with their gut. People have different tendencies. Some people use projections. Some people make their own projections. Some people don't use projections. You know, there's, there's plenty of talented people in this industry who have many different philosophies. I love analytics, and I do not mind projections. I obviously think looking at ownerships is a necessity, depending on what you're playing. You know, you look on paper, and at the beginning of the year, that Tampa Bay secondary was, was very good, and, and statistics showed. In the last couple of weeks, you saw some, like, weird blown coverages and, you know, just some stuff that you saw with your eyes, right, like, that you might not have seen really tilt the wheel in terms of their metrics throughout the season, and, you know, they were pretty vulnerable the last couple of weeks, you know, nothing like crazy, but then when you get a team like Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey just did whatever they wanted. I mean, everybody thought the game was totally over in the first quarter, so, you know, hats off to Tampa for at least making it competitive, I guess, in the fourth quarter, and that just shows you how crazy of a beast the National Football League really is.
2: Yeah, they they really did mount a, a close comeback towards the end. Obviously, didn't get all the way all the way home, and just to touch on the Chiefs, I mean, we, we know that they're capable of going off like this any given week, and I was just looking at at some of Tyreek's recent games. I mean, the last three games, he's had 15, 14, and 18 targets, 30-plus points, DK points in all of them, obviously putting 60 last week. And then he's got, like, my goodness, two, four, like 10 touchdowns in, in the last four games, games, five games. So he's just absolutely crushing it. And, again, they're not on the main slate this, this week, but there's Mahomes, Kelsey – Tyreek stacks are always going to be viable and it's always going to be expensive, but no other stack in the NFL can give you anywhere near the upside that that those guys bring to the table. And I, I mean, I was looking at the quarterback scoring from this past week. Mahomes seems like the only one that really you know, kind of blew everyone at, at the position out of the water, which is not something you see very much at the quarterback, right? Usually quarterback position, we say it's the the most narrow distribution of outcomes where, you know everyone's kind of within a certain range, but we saw like someone like Kyler Murray. I think had had less than ten fantasy points. That that's that's something that I thought would not be possible. So crazy, crazy stuff going on. But that that just opens up plenty of opportunity for for DFS and especially for tournaments.
1: They're just never going to give a ball carrier twenty touches again, ever. Maybe as long as we live, right? You bring in a, you, the, you draft Edwards Hilaire. You bring in Le'Veon they they had a 17 nothing in the first quarter Hilaire had 11 total rushes and Le'Veon had five so it's like they built the lead and they're still putting the throttle down Andy Reid's letting it fly Mahomes is in full control of this thing there's a couple of teams that you know if you look at some of our tools like uh Gridiron HQ at RG you can see how much teams pass against uh another team or you know when they're trailing by seven or more or when they're ahead by seven or more what their tendencies are and the Chiefs are just going to pass the ball. You know, your Eagles are just going to keep throwing the ball at this point. Right? How how often this year? I'm just going a little off topic. Are you screaming to just give the ball to Miles Sanders a little bit more? Right. right?
2: No, absolutely. I mean, I would, would just love to to see that. But yeah, a lot of these teams are just and wanting to, to to air it out and, and throw the ball. And that's just the the new age NFL, I suppose. And even a lot of the running backs that that perform the best in fantasy, a lot of it is from and what they're able to do in the air. I think Austin Eckler coming back this week is a great example. Sixteen targets in this first game back as a running back. So, I mean, he he was someone who was on my radar and, and in some of my tournament lineups. Think that he'll he'll be someone that I'm I'm looking at again this week and going forward, just because those are the those are the kinds of guys that we want, especially in in a full PPR scoring, like DraftKings. But yeah, continue to see those those dual threat type of running backs that can get it done in the air, be the ones that that can put in the the monster games, and then of course you have Derrick Henry, who, man, I I kept thinking how great of a tournament play he was, but I just quite didn't pull pull the trigger on him. Unfortunately, I, I got too locked in on Dalvin Cook personally this past week, but Derrick Henry, obviously, a great play. It was a great it was a great week for. For running back pivots in general, I mean, I think Henry, Eckler, Chubb, Robinson, those guys, obviously, looking at the results, were fantastic tournament plays. But I think even before the slate started, those were the the types of of guys that were in my consideration for GPPs. Just didn't quite have the the right combination in that in that one lineup.
1: Yeah, you make a good point in that Henry performance, man. I mean, I know Indy was a little banged up, didn't have Buckner up front. was a huge loss. You know, uh, they're missing another starting linebacker. Um, but look at Tennessee. They've been missing Taylor Luan for a better portion of the year. And, you know, they're still starting your boy Dennis Kelly. And, you know, they, they, they don't have – they're dinged up too. So it's kind of like, okay, maybe something's got to give. But the, those two teams met a couple of weeks ago where they had the special teams debacle and the score may be a little deceiving. I don't think anybody expected Tennessee to thump Indy. You know, I'm unbiased. I thought it would be a close game. I'm a Tennessee fan, and I I did not see that coming either. It was great. Great to watch. Um, And A.J. Brown, you know, Xavier Rhodes isn't the coverage corner he used to be. What a performance from A.J. Brown, too. But, yeah, Henry, I mean, in the 101 Millie was 6% on DK. Incredible. A guy like Derrick Henry, we know what his ceiling is. I have one team that's staring at me right in the face here. I have Mahomes, Tyreek, Derrick Henry. I think, like, oh, Looch, man, you got you got a pretty killer lineup. But you know, I went with the run back. Antonio Brown was a huge letdown. Uh, I played Sammy Watkins at a little at six percent. Thought maybe he could do a little bit more damage there as well. Um, just re- re- reviewing my lineup here, I had Kyle Rudolph, which was a decent call. You know, no Herb Smith, no Thielen, but the pieces just just weren't there. I, for some reason, played Christian Blake. I was on Christian Blake Island. I, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I, it. It happened. I cashed. I'm in cash. I'm fine. But kind of just ultimately disappointed where, you know what, you nail the guys you need to take stuff down. And, you know, we saw Dalvin put up, what, 40-plus in back-to-back weeks and a 50-bomb. I didn't think we'd see a 60-burger this year. Uh, enough about Tyree Kell. Anything else? I mean, the Bucks are on a buy, but – you know, what, what about the Bucks? I mean, we you know, saw McEvans score twice. Godwin was okay. Brad, you know, is it going to be a guessing game between that receiving corps maybe moving forward?
2: That's what I was going to say is that it, it? it's nothing but a guessing game. Looking at their targets now, Godwin with 10, Evans with eight, Gronk with eight, Cameron Brake with six, Antonio Brown only with four after I think he had 13 the prior week and the same as you, he was my preferred run back in Patrick Mahomes' stacks. So, yeah, I think that, that that's one of those teams that's going to continue to be a guessing game. And, you know, Tom Brady's going to keep spreading it around and using those different different weapons at different times. So the offense is like that. Again, it's like the Bucks, the Rams, it's tough when they're spreading it around. And on any given week, it could be, any number of people going off versus some of the more concentrated offenses where we kind of have a a pretty good idea on any given week where the targets are going to go and who has the potential for those big spike games. Talk to me about this. Not a lot of crazy obvious shootout
1: games on the schedule, as you mentioned to me earlier before we fired up the podcast here. Um, But the Tennessee Titans – and 54 point total, the five and a half point favorites against Cleveland. And what is a pretty big game between two eight and three AFC teams? So tell me about this where are the points going to come from if they do? I'm thinking, I'm looking at Cleveland here. Baker Mayfield has seven touchdowns, five of them came in one game against Cincinnati. So if you take that away, and let's just say he throws one, maybe he has 13 touchdowns in 11 games he has three games where he didn't throw a single touchdown um one of them was in the rainstorm against the eagles so uh, you know maybe we'll let that slide but kareem hunt nick chubb are are the big assets we saw jar jarvis landry finally had the game i've been kind of waiting for him to have for five weeks where i kept becoming wrong about him i didn't play him this week i didn't have any of them of course he went off but the Titans are formidable against the run, so I, I'm just, you know, are, are they going to try to keep riding their horses? I mean, I, I do you feel confident in Baker Mayfield trying to try to win this game and put the points up there? Where is there a play here for Cleveland? What are you What are you looking at here?
2: Yeah, Landry really came out of nowhere with this monster game. We look at the rest of his season. I mean, he he hadn't gone over ten points in four or five weeks, and then explodes for for 31 points on on ten targets gets the 100-yard bonus, gets a touchdown. I think Cleveland's another team that's tough. Like you said, it's really the running backs are really where I like to focus there. But at the same time, in a game where, where they're five-and-a-half-point underdogs, it's it's tough to play Chubb because he's a very, I would say, game-script, independent guy. He obviously had the, the big week last week, so maybe maybe it's Time for, for Kareem, Kareem Hunt this week if you're envisioning a game script where they're playing from behind more to Tennessee, maybe have to lean a little bit more on on the passing. And that is where Hunt would more likely get his work. And, yeah, I mean, the, the wide receivers are tough. I mean, you could go back to Landry if you want to. Don't, don't necessarily love it. He's 6,200 on DraftKings, so it's not like you're getting a super cheap – discount on him and yeah and then no, no no one else so I'm looking at their their target share from this past week Landry with 11 targets no one else had more than three so obviously they were they were leaning a little bit more heavily on the run with Chubb but they're a tough offense to predict and then on the Tennessee side though I love Tennessee because it's it's Derrick Henry and it's A.J. Brown, right? I don't think you need to, you know, m- maybe mix in a little bit of Corey Davis, but I think that those two guys I – su- I swear, it's like when I'm watching Red Zone and the Titans – a play from the Titans comes up and they're in their own territory, I'm always like, oh, man, it's going to be a 70-yard touchdown. Like I feel like every week I'm looking and, and either Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown is going for a 70-yard touchdown. So I certainly love both of those two in particular and then just mixing it up on the Cleveland side, whether you want to throw in a a Chubb or a Kareem Hunt or Jarvis Landry on a little mini correlation there. That'd be where I'd go in this game. We're in
1: King Henry territory. It's December, and historically he's been unbelievable
2: in in
1: December. 9,200 on DK, so he's finally right up there with Dalvin Cook. Make a really good point. Uh, He pretty much nailed the Kareem Hunt thing. Broke everyone's heart this week, and uh, I don't mind going back to him Tennessee lost on Brown for the year. So they have a couple linebackers in the middle who aren't really good in coverage. And, you know, there's Kareem Holmes on pace for 75 catches last year in the, in the same offense. And, you know, split a lot of time, you know, last two games, he's seen three total targets only though. So I'm a little worried, you know, in that monsoon of an Eagles game, how did he not see some more checkdowns? I you know one target, one cat, just weird to me. I, I, I just think things are really solidified. I mean, they know that if they can't run the ball at Chubb, do they kind of say, oh, shit, what do we do now? You know, what, Baker, like here you go, Baker. Like, play action's gone. We can't run, you know, twins tight anymore. So, you might have to go win this one for us. So, I'm interested to see what they do if Chubb's able – you know, if Chubb's held in check, that's – you know, that, we're just spending so much time on this because it's one of the higher totals this week. I'm um, we make a good point about A.J. Brown and Henry and – uh, A.J. Brown, the yak monster, you know, a lot of speculation that maybe he couldn't replicate last year's performance because he was so good after the catch where he made up a lot of his yards. But, hey, same thing this year. The guy's a special football player. And, uh, you know, that Tannehill play-action game, A.J. Brown, is pretty much always in play. And he was 6 six or 7% as well um, against the Colts last week too. So speaking of high Vegas totals, we usually have one between the Saints and the Falcons. I thought that was a good transition. What's the last time we saw an Atlanta-New Orleans game with a point total under 50? I am so done with Atlanta for DFS. This is like my Monday overreaction because you have to be unbiased in DFS. I know that. I just played Matt Ryan in back-to-back weeks. Wasn't happy. <sighs> I don't know if this is the week. I'm going to go back to him though. 46-point total. Taysom Hill in New Orleans. How is he affecting that offense, TJ?
2: Well, it seems like he might be the death of Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara had 6.2 points on DraftKings last week. And I can't remember a time when Alvin Kamara scored that few points. And I also can't remember a time where we have Alvin Kamara at $7,000 cool. against Atlanta. And I'm not even really that interested in him because it's just, you know. With with the Taysom Hill offense, it's it's not it's pretty much the complete opposite of Drew Brees. I mean, he's just you know he's gonna take it down and and run it himself a bunch of times. Kamara's not receiving nearly the targets or the catches that he was previously. Only he did have one catch last week after zero the one before. So that really it really makes this game not as appealing as as I would hope that it would typically be. We'll have to monitor the Julio Jones situation as we have to every single week. He was out for them this past week. Calvin Ridley, of course, going to be in play here. And probably the the primary guy that I would be interested in from this game. Yeah, it, it is so strange looking at a New Orleans-Atlanta game and not not like loving a game stack. It's just the the of Hillsing. Thing really throws a wrench into this and uh just makes it tough you know even Michael Thomas is, is kind of tough to play right now so it's, it's kind of a bummer because this would have been by far the the premium game of the week if Drew Brees was in
1: oh yeah it, it, the domino effect is, is crazy um, and it's hard to trust Atlanta right now but on the flip side who's gonna play Atlanta in this low total, and they've looked really bad. I mean, yeah. If Julio's out, we still know where the ball should be ending up in the realm of Calvin Ridley land. You would think so. You know, keep an eye on ownerships, and who knows? By Saturday, we might be thinking, "Oh man, are we really going to go back to this?" When they're when when Matt Ryan's like three and a half percent or something like that. Um, not my favorite, but you know, definitely keep an eye on Julio. Hayden Hurst saw eight targets last week, so. Uh, since week five, he's seen at least six targets in one, two, three, four games. So um, kind of getting more involved, especially without uh, Julio. Christian Blake was definitely not involved, so I can't wait for him to go for like five for 120 next week when when I don't have any of them. We'll see what happens. I just feel like whenever Russell Gage is the obvious like fill-in volume guy, he never does anything, right? It's always – What's, whatever his name is, Zucchini, you know, um, or, or sometimes Blake. So, um, and I think one of the Randos did score. I don't mean to call anybody a rando, but wasn't it uh, – what was that other guy? I can't remember. Yeah, so,
2: Brandon Powell scored a touchdown.
1: Brandon Powell played on showdown one time this year. That's who it was. So, <laughs> got the wrong guy,
2: Blake. They do. Every week there's always some random Falcons player that every score a touchdown.
1: <laughs> but if I'm with you. It's going to be hard for me to want to play someone from this game under the current circumstances. It's not like Michael Thomas is, like, 55 under or anything. He's still 7K. So, Kamara at 7K is, like, a little more enticing, I think, right, than um, than Michael Thomas. But Latavius Murray has been been getting some, some carries. I mean, they're kind of running more of a traditional – I don't know what you would call it. Not traditional, but old-school, run-heavy offense with Taysom Hill. And I just can't, on this Monday evening, like, endorse much from this game either until we – have some news or something. Not buying the Atlanta defense, though, either. I'm not chasing that from last week. Incredible. They have, like, 26
2: fantasy points or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, outrageous. The Murphy Murray one's actually interesting. Just taking a look now. I mean, he they're, they're basically in a complete 50-50 snap split under Taysom Hill, whereas typically it was, it was more of a 60-40 in favor of Kamara. So – I mean, he's 5,900, so it's not—it's not like he's cheap, unfortunately. But you know, if you want to to roll Latavius Murray in some tournaments, it's not the worst idea. Just because, yeah, like you said, they're running more of that kind of powerhouse offense under Hill, which certainly leads more into Latavius's game than it does to Kamara. So, yeah, I think I I might actually prefer Latavius for at a thousand dollars less than than kamara which is certainly not something that would typically be the case for me i wasn't gonna
1: go here right away but since it's staring at me how is aaron Rodgers' price keep going down at home against your birds 6800 and and like philly's pretty formidable against the run i don't think it matters like rogers gonna get his i I, oh, man, is, is that the ch- Is that the cash game play this week? Aaron Rodgers under 7K. Just looking at the pricing, you got Wilson and Murray, 77, 76. Deshaun Watson, you know, against Indy, uh, 53 and a half total. We could jump there after this Packers talk if you want. Um, you know, Herbert, obviously, you know, against New England. And uh, then you have Aaron Rodgers at 6,800. 6, I, I can't argue with any of the guys above him. I, I'm i scratching
2: my head here, TJ. Help me out. No, I agree. That stood out to me as well. I, I would have thought he'd be more, at least like in the 7,000, seven thousand, maybe seventy two hundred range. So I think you're you're certainly getting some savings there. Just you know, if you want to t- take a look at Rogers' game log, he hasn't hasn't scored lower than twenty three points since week seven. So he's on a nice consistent run here. Obviously. He's an easy guy to stack, right? You you play Rogers, you play Devontae Adams. Yeah. And, and you have a nice little setup there. And then could run it back with with some gosh. Someone on my Eagles, I suppose. Uh, I think you can kind of mix in some different options there. I still think that, that Miles Sanders is, you know, one of my favorite favorite options from the bird side. You have Dallas Goddard, the tight end spot, forty three hundred. Don't mind that either. He had a pretty nice showing his his last time out. We do. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday, so the Eagles are yet to play. So maybe you know something will will emerge, or maybe maybe Jalen Rieger has a breakout game and you see him sitting down at forty five hundred. So I don't think that there's a, a clear runback option on the Eagles side, but I think that there's a couple that that are potentially viable to. to come back on the other side of a of a Rodgers Devonte Adams stack and yeah I mean Adams just continues to be a monster right he he's had two quote yeah he had another bad week and still scores 18 points so I, I think he's up at 9k so you certainly have to to pay the price for him but against the Eagles I, I love that matchup there and yeah Rodgers I think is going to be squarely into to cash game consideration at sixty eight hundred. That seems like a very nice price tag and a pretty juicy matchup against against my lovely birds. The lovely birds. The lovely birds. Yeah, it's it's tough. We'll have to see what happens,
1: you know, with this Eagles game and the buzz about Jalen Hurd getting getting some more snaps and you know, Fulgham really hasn't put together a game in a while and Rieger's, you know, raw talent's amazing and we just need to see some more from Wentz, so I know you're a big game stack guy, and typically so am I, but it's another week where some of the top lineups had team stacks and no run backs. And I I think part of that reason that we've seen that almost every week is that there's six games with like 55 totals. That might not be the case this week, right? So this could be a good week to pick out a good game stack. And uh, one of those with the higher totals, which we talked about very briefly, was Houston and Indy. Uh, beginning of the year. Oh, Indy's defense. So good. Really good. Best defense in the league. I'm talking like a true Titans fan, but really, seriously, statistically, they were very good. They still are very good. Aaron Rodgers went in there, uh, didn't win, but they put up what, like 28 points. You know, no big deal. The Titans go in there, put up 40 bomb on them. So maybe it's possible that this defense is a little overrated. They are, they are banged up a little bit, certainly, uh, but the level of football that Deshaun Watson has been playing, too. I mean, Houston's in play every week. Every week. We know where the target's going. Will Fuller, finally 7,100, though.
2: So, I have some breaking news. Uh-oh. Will Fuller suspended six-game PED violation. No way. Yep. Just came through. Whoa. You, you're you like Adam Schefter's burner. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get those Roto-Grinders notifications, man. Push right to the phone. Yeah. Will Fuller suspended six games for PED violation, so I assume that goes into effect immediately. Yeah, in which case, and
1: they waived Kenny Stills before, earlier last week.
2: Yeah, so I mean, who does that? Obviously, we have Brandon Cooks. Kiki QT, Kiki QT, wow, it could be time. There's your cash game chalk donkey value, right? Oh yeah. Oh gosh, yep. Kiki QT thirty five hundred. So, we'll get to play him in cash, and he'll probably get, like, five points. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Three <laughs> catches for 19 yards. But did you see his A dot, bro, right. and his oh,
2: target? Man. Oh, man. Wow, this is actually super interesting. I mean, they're going to be so thin at wide receiver now. Yeah, yeah. Fuller soaks up so much of that target share.
1: Wow. Who's that guy that returns kicks that sometimes we play in showdowns on Houston? Who's, like – not very good. I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Cobbs and I are. Who was I thinking of? I don't even know.
2: I, Cobb. I mean, I'm, looking, I'm ah. looking at their targets from, I guess, from Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. The last game. And there were only seven people that had a target on <laughs> well, the whole team Will I mean, Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Duke Johnson, Kikikute, Jordan Akins, CJ Procyce, and Kaylee Waring. Oh. hear me I mean are we gonna see some more Duke Johnson action we have to if I have to play Duke Johnson one more time Mm -hmm. I I didn't really play him as much as I wanted to on Thanksgiving and then he of course has a not even a good game but breaking relative to the slate so yeah I mean this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting spot I think you'll see bumps happen to to Cooks to Duke Johnson to I mean, heck, George! You, you almost have boost to boost everyone. I mean, they're just going to yeah. be so short on bodies that the ball has to go somewhere.
1: And what's so, your what's your thought on Cooks? Fifty six hundred? Are people going to flock to it? Or are they going to see the indie and the little red, you know, ninth best against position and be like, man, I don't know,
2: you know? I, I, yeah. think, uh, I think I think they'll flock to him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me I too. Think, but oh goodness! I mean, yeah, this just happened, so I haven't fully processed. Hey, that's what this show's all about, man. This so, is- yeah, exactly. I mean, this is – because, yeah, like you said, this is an ugly, uglier slate in general or, you know, just not a ton of stackable games, and this is one of the few. And that's certainly a, a big piece from there. Yes. So,
1: And even if you're playing – you know, you could one-off Cooks. Like, because you know the – like, theoretically, the volume should be there for him, right? So, you should feel okay about him regardless of format probably. Um, yep. I would think.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, also, could you imagine if Will Fuller actually got moved to the deadline and then got popped to, like, a contender? Could you imagine oh, that? That, that? would be wild. would be crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, big, that, big that that really helps the Colts odds. That line will probably shift. Like, as we're speaking, it's probably off the board maybe. I don't know. I mean, he probably oh, yeah. shifts the point, right, you'd
2: think. Yeah, good point.
1: So, wow. Interesting there. That's a pretty big game for Indy because now they're a game back – against Tennessee, who has uh, the tiebreakers and and conference everything. So, that you know, in Houston, I mean, if they have trouble sustaining drives without, you know, their biggest playmaker, and maybe that's better field position. Maybe you can play Rivers and GPP at 5,800 against a terrible pass. I mean, listen, I hate Mm -hmm. Phillip Rivers. I don't think he's put up 30 points this year. He put up over 25 once. Um, But, you know, each game is their own – you know is their own what am i trying to say here like plot on the chart so circumstances are are certainly interesting and, and who's to say Philip Rivers can't throw a three or four touchdowns if if they you know have three extra possessions because houston might stink without will fuller i mean cooks could still get his and houston could still maybe struggle it's, it's certainly an outcome but
2: yeah, wow, that's yeah. I mean, it, it probably probably just dampers mm-hmm. the entire game environment at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the Indy side, obviously lot, last week we had Jonathan Taylor out with on the COVID list. I'm assuming that he'll probably be back if I had to guess. Otherwise, you know, you can lock in Hines again. He had 11 targets this past week, so that would look very nice against this Houston team. And then T.Y. Hilton got into the end zone for the first time all season. So, if you're a believer in T.Y. Hilton being back, he's only 4,300 on DraftKings. Uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily the biggest believer that he's back, but I do think that you could find worse things to do with 4,300, especially if you're looking for a game stack here. And then I think Michael Pittman, he's had a pretty pretty significant target share the past few games, had another nine targets this past week. So Ooh, nothing to show for it. Yeah, nothing to show for. I think he only had two catches out of it. I like that. So, I so like that's that. I think that's good for like a sneaky tournament type of play because yeah, people are looking at the game log. They're they're not going to be loving it, but the underlying usage is still pretty pretty good for him the past couple of weeks.
1: That'll be an interesting game for sure. Uh, let's move on here. Pick another game. I mean, it will lead me into something here. What is there anything else over fifty? Uh, I
2: think those are it. The other ones, we have some 48, 48 and a half. I think another from more of a game stack perspective, Arizona and the Rams. So we've got a 48 and a half point total there. Arizona's at home. Rams are a two and a half point favorite on the road. And we have Kyler Murray coming off his, by far, worst game of the season so showing showing a bit of of humanness after going for seemingly 30 points every single week and this could be a, a good opportunity to get back onto him 7600 on draft so he's definitely that price actually came down pretty significantly he was in the $8,000 range the past three weeks so get a little bit of a of a price break on him there and then Hopkins is also down to, to 7,800. So he, he's he been a little more average of late, but I still think that the Hopkins stack with Murray is well within play here. But, yeah, I think that this is another potential, potential game that we can take a look at. Kenny Drake finally had a pretty good game last week. Yeah. On the end zone twice. I feel like we had been waiting for that all year.
1: Oh, that guy's so frustrating, man. Is. Possible that Kyler's not 100%. I mean, 10 total rushing attempts his last two games. He was, you know, that Seattle game, you know, primetime TV. You know, we saw him get thrown to the ground, and he kind of you know, was, was grimacing. But I don't know. In a close game, he ran the ball five times. Uh, it's just strange to me. and that's That is strange. A huge part of his upside you know, getting, getting those rushing yards. And uh, I mean, why does he have like almost 10 t- rushing touchdowns right? there Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. 10. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's not running, I, I don't want him, but is that flu? Is it fluky? I mean, if we see two games in a row, I don't know. I'd follow some AZB Raiders and get, look at some coach speak this week, maybe, and, and see what's really going on. I mean, he had a great match against Seattle and then a pretty good one against New England. He combined for, for under 30 DK points in, in those two games, which is strange for sure. But yeah. but team total wise, TJ, there's a lot, a lot of teams and decent team total spots. Like you said, a lot of bigger spread Seattle, uh, four o'clock game against the giants. You know, we kind of like to see the Monday night game play out before we assess anything. But as of right now, they're 10 point favorites against the giants who looks like they won't have Daniel Jones. So Oh boy, I'm doing the math in my head. looks like their team total is like just north of twenty nine for Seattle, so I mean you're going to see some Seahawks for sure. Um, Chris Carson, as of right now, is playing against your Eagles, and he is generously priced at sixty three hundred we just built like a third of a cash lineup, I think, just out of that's cheap looking at things. That's really cheap, man. Wow yeah,
2: I think that this probably sets up as a as a nice spot for for Carson yeah like you said, and we can you know zooming out on the slate a little bit. I was counting, I think there's seven games that are a touchdown plus spreads, so we have a lot of of more lopsided games, which I think you know maybe sort of what you were saying earlier, it's a week where you don't need to necessarily have as much correlation just because if these games are going to be so lopsided, maybe you really only want to look at, at players from from one side. So just something to keep in mind as we go through the rest of these games here. But, yes, Seattle 10-point favorites at home against the Giants. Like you said, that that seems to be largely related to the the Jones injury, which we'll have to continue to monitor. Let's see. It looks like it says there's a chance that he suits up. So that really doesn't mean – much of anything. Uh, Evan Ingram had a, a pretty big game, didn't he? He's someone that, that maybe we should be taking a look at. He had, tw- he had 20 points. I think I saw something something about his air yards. Nine targets, six catches, 129 yards. Don't have the air yards in front of me, but I saw something on Twitter that, that he had, had some monstrous air yards number. But, again, if, if Daniel Jones isn't playing, I mean, I don't think right. I'm going to want anyone from the Giants. And that
1: sucks. Raywood right Ingram finally maybe gained some tractions. I mean, we've we've seen weeks with Ingram where he's gotten peppered with targets. Uh, oh, 107 air yards he had on Sunday, by the way. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty killer. But, yeah, it's kind of tough to to go back to him. Colt McCoy is going to be the guy, I think. Is that – yes, yeah, who came in last week. So, ugh, I mean – maybe he's the low a dot guy and gets eight or nine catches but it's hard you know upside wise uh, i'm sure you'll see a lot of chris carson seattle d correlations probably paired together in a lot of lineups across the industry i'm thinking but yeah that is a tough one the the division leading giants losing daniel jones that's just brutal
2: the nfc east just gets more and more bleak each yeah. and every week about it, um, um, yeah. So I mean, and then you know the, like you said, the Carson play certainly stands out. Uh, obviously, you can never go terribly wrong playing Metcalf or Lockett, but I, I do prefer them in a game where it's a little bit more competitive, especially because we know how the Seahawks can get if they if they have a lead, they may just run the ball for the rest of the way, and and Metcalf's up at 8200, which is Uh, obviously a, a big price tag so you can certainly look to to rust stacks but it's not the best spot for it when you consider how expensive they are and the most likely lack of competitiveness when it comes to this game
1: hear me out hear me out on this maybe Brian Fitzpatrick he's 6k he's played in eight games this year he's hit Three times value in one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his eight games. And he's hit at least four times value at 6K in one, two, three, four, four of his eight games, 50%, which is it's pretty good. That's, that's pretty decent upside. So against the Bengals at home. He's probably going to start again, as far as we know. Is he in play here? 6K Fitzpatrick?
2: Yeah, I love it. I actually play ended up playing Fitzpatrick in my my DK cash line at this past week which was kind of a bummer because I was all about Mahomes until this Fitzpatrick thing happened and then I decided that it was better to save but yeah I think that that's a great spot and I think that DeVonte Parker like gets a massive boost when Fitzpatrick is at the quarterback versus quarterback position versus Tua yeah. targeted him 14 times this past week Wow. He catches 119 yards. I mean, Parker, uh, I like that 6400. Not the cheapest price, but I, I I like that little stack there. And then I know Jasicki had a pretty. I oh, don't know. He didn't even have a big game. He just happened to have a touchdown. He only had 11 points. So
1: that's it. That's the story of his little career. Yeah, story.
2: right. I was uh, for some reason I thought he had a big game, but he, he really didn't. But I mean, still, every, everyone, no one at the tight end position has a big game. So I think he's he's. In consideration, certainly not a a top value play, but if you want to to double stack up, Fitzpatrick can definitely do that. And let's see what did what did Cincy look like last week with? Uh,
1: While you're looking that up, Devontae Parker, fifty one percent of the area market share.
2: Oof, like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Parker's a great play. And let's see, Bengals target share from this past week. It's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> T. Higgins with seven. Tyler Boyd with six. Drew Sample with six. A.J. Green only with three. So like you said, it, it, it may be a unique week where you don't have to force a bring back yeah. if you don't want to, which typically I would I would recommend against that. I would always have a full game stack, but I, I, think, I think there's avenues this week where, you don't need to do that if we did play someone from Cincinnati, I think I would go with t Higgins as as my guy just seems like the the most likely to score touchdown get those red zone targets big body so T Higgins would be my my run back
1: pick like it like it like it. I have a feeling the next game you're gonna bring up just out of uh my my gut here is tell me you want to talk about the chargers. Do I, am I am I correct? Yes,
2: I would love to talk about the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers New England. That's actually this is actually not a bad one. Pick them. Looks like
1: pick, em, pick yeah. them. Yeah. What I'm saying. Cam Newton horrible. Still got the win.
2: How? How did they? I mean, it's I don't crazy. know.
1: I don't know. I didn't watch much of that game. I saw like the two minutes drill. You know, Chris Burrowman back, 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 back. You know, gone. Um, I just saw the sequence of like the games. Oh, missed field goal and then a couple of the weird calls and. If you'd have told me Cam Newton would add five point nine six DraftKings points and they would win that game, I'd call you crazy, and I'd say I'd hope I'd stack the Cardinals. But, ugh, ugh, I don't know. That could be one of those games where maybe you don't run someone back again if you're if you're going with some Chargers. What's your What's your thought on while you're looking at some of the Chargers' data? What's your thought on well, Bill Belichick takes away the opposition's best player. A is their defense good enough to still do that, and B, who is the Chargers' best player? Is it Keenan Allen? Is it Austin Eckler? They still got Mike. I mean, you got a good offense there, so I don't like. I don't know if it matters, right? <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine Keenan Allen is the guy that that they'd look to to shut down. I would think, but I mean, Keenan Allen just gets there every week, doesn't he? Even on a bad week, even on bad weeks, he, he still gets a touchdown. Yeah, I mean he's still got sixteen points. Not a great week, but this was was certainly one of his worst performances. But I think he's always always in play and just just brings a pretty nice floor to the table. His price has come up as we noted last week. He's up to eighty one hundred, but I, I still think that we can look to Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. That's that, that could be the guy. Let's see. I know he had a, he had a big game. So I don't know how many snaps he played. Let's see. 72%. Oh, 72%. Love that.
1: What? I think Love he's that. up to 71 on DK. 7,100, I think. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that is right.
2: So that's tough. Or...
1: Tough, but I like it. I mean, I'm but not... that's not bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I like Eckler for sure. And I think he's someone you can stack with Herbert, too. Clearly, he's going to be throwing in the ball. 16 targets, 11 catches. So. I love the Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen, double stack, or if you want to if you want to buy into the Belichick shuts down Keenan Allen narrative, I think it's fine to run a Herbert stack without Allen. If you want to go with with Eckler and you know, Hunter Henry or Mike will probably Mike Williams. I feel like Hunter Henry just like doesn't have that much of a ceiling. So I don't necessarily love him. But at the same time, like I said, all tight ends seem to have no ceiling. So
1: ten targets last week. Yeah, last, like what is it is six? into anything? Last seven weeks, he's seen eight, seven, four, seven, six, seven, ten targets. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like well, he's not doing like nothing's happening with the like he's just not. I don't know what the deal is. But however, so with you know they don't like Josh Kelly. They don't trust him. Trust him. You know Pope isn't good and uh what's his face justin jackson's on the shelf so they're gonna have to give austin eckler the ball and if they don't want if they're not comfortable like running him into the ground yet then you know herbert's throwing the ball i think he had like 17 pass attempts super early in the second quarter threw the ball 52 times you know 300 yards and a touchdown unfortunately and the debacle at the end with anthony lynn is just like mind-blowing how bad everything was managed so I feel like he could have even had a better game against Buffalo. So, you know Herbert's going to sling the ball. They're not going to give Eckler 20 carries. And by chance, maybe they end up with 25 carries again as a team. I don't know. But you know the ball's going up, so you
2: have that, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think Henry's fine, now that I'm looking. I mean, he basically gets between 7 and 13 points every single week, it looks like. And – the the problem is that he's just he's always like he's not that cheap he's forty eight hundred he's always in a weird kind of tight end price range but I think Henry's fine on the other side of the ball I'm probably going to continue to be a Jacoby Myers truther I don't I don't know why he just I kind of like him and he he'd be the person that I go to again you, you don't necessarily have to run run something back here in this game or on this slate in general, but if I did, I think Jacoby Myers is fine. Bird is also, eh, I don't really love the bird thing, but if you want to go like super cheap, no one's going to have him, but yeah, the, the new England side of the ball is just tough to tough to really get a feel for. So th- those would be the, the two guys, but, I think it's also fine to just run a a Charger stack and and leave the New England side open.
1: Yeah, I mean, you totally could. Uh, One guy I want to bring up is with the departure of Rex Burkhead to IR, uh, James White saw 38% of his snaps last week. Had two rushing touchdowns, so he didn't get it done the way people thought he would. Um, and really only seeing 38% of the snaps in like a pretty neutral game flow kind of stinks. So I miss the old James White, man. I miss the Brady, to James White. I you know, get him in there, uh, you know, eight to nine targets a game. And it's kind of just like the Cam Newton effect. And you had the Taysom Hill effect in in Kamara in a very poor analogy. But, like, Kamara's not catching passes. Well, Newton's not throwing the ball to James White, right? So, just different times, and you're right. I don't think you need to force it. So if I'm, if you're putting a gun to my head, you like Jacoby, I might throw James White in there in a very large field GPP. But yep. like Eckler, like the Chargers, they'll probably be pretty popular. Um, but with Eckler's price, maybe not, right? People are going to – and once you start seeing these massive Derrick Henry games coming in and – Dalvin Cook (laughs) against the Jaguars. Uh, Here we go. Let's go to that game. So maybe Eckler won't be very chalky when you have Dalvin Cook. Was dinged up, but he ended up playing again. His worst game of the year with 11.2 fantasy points. That's his worst game of the year, which is pretty crazy. Crazy season. The Jaguars are a complete wreck. They didn't have Adam Thielen, but according to my math, They might have him this week. Um, However, I wouldn't mind if they didn't because other than Justin Jefferson, you know, getting some more usage and against the Jaguars, I'm not worried about any kind of bracket coverage or anything. But Kyle Rudolph also saw, I believe, the most air yards he's seen all year. uh, Scored was pretty good. He's still pretty cheap. So keep an eye on Thielen. I'm I'm thinking they'll have him. But, you know, the Vikings are all obviously going to be in play. Um This coming week against the Jags, and wow, what a game from from James Robinson! I mean, this is the guy that probably nobody had at any of their pre-draft big boards before the season started in Fantasyland. And jeez, he almost has 900 yards and eight touchdowns already. Huge game, and now he's got the uh the uh, vulnerable Minnesota defense. And you know what? You you said it last week. The guy is involved in the pass game here. So, I don't know. James Robinson's in play, too. What, what do you think about this game? This could be a pretty fantasy-friendly game.
2: Yeah, I agree. James Robinson played 97% of the snaps last week. So, that's – I mean, that's even more than we've ever seen before. He was in, like, the – mostly hovering in the 70 to 80 range. But he basically – was someone hurt behind him, maybe? I don't know. Either way, I, I agree. First off, yeah, I think Dalvin Cook, obviously, you know, I, I guess between him and Derrick Henry, the top two on the slate, I, I personally lean towards Cook just because I, I think he has the the more, the, the higher floor and the slightly less fragile role than Henry. But both of those are the, the top premier plays above 9K on DraftKings. You're going to want one of those too in your cash lineup. I'm assuming when when everything's said and done by Sunday, Justin Jefferson continues to be the beast. You want to hear said? I think that that Thielen will be back in, and and Jefferson's priced up a little bit more to Um, 6,900.
1: Want to hear something gross? Let's hear it. If you take away like the quarterback scrambles on the Jaguars, so if you look at the rushing attempts by James Robinson, and then Chenault carries the ball sometimes, and then Chris Thompson. Chenault had 12 carries. Chris Thompson had seven, so that's 19 carries. Um, And then Keenan Cole had a random carry. Whatever. James Robinson has 194 of the team's 213 carries by, like, non-quarterback scrambles. So he has 91% of the team's carries this season if you take away – Gardner Minshew's twenty-five rushes, you know, whatever, and a couple other weird things here. But out of the running backs and the occasional like end around, he has ninety-one percent of the team's
2: carries. That's insane. That is that is a, a workhorse role right there. And the thing about Robinson is that he he's never really a chalky play because he's on the Jaguars, right? So they're pretty much never favored. So it's always feels risky to play a running back. But like we've said, I mean, he plays in all situations. He gets plenty of targets. The, the running back position is really interesting. I mean, you got that range right here from, in the seven K's where you've got Chubb at 7,700, Josh Jacobs, who seems like is potentially questionable. And finally his, his spot against the Jets at 7,400 Robinson, 7,300, Aaron Jones, 7,200, Eckler, 7,100. It's going to be really interesting to see how things shake out among those guys because, and maybe not so much Chubb, but I think between Jacobs and Eckler, they're all in good spots and all right around the same price. So there's going to be leverage there somewhere, depending on, you know, who gets talked up throughout the week.
1: Certainly possible ownership is, I don't know, for lack of a better word, It'll spread out. Because yeah. Eckler's price is up, but, you know, decent game environment. Huge game. Robinson, huge game. But, like you said, everybody worries about, the oh, the game script, you know. Um, then you go down, it's like Miles Sanders. Like, depending on what happens tonight. Green Bay, you can run on Green Bay. You just worry about game script, you know. Here's those famous last words. But sometimes you just have to worry about the points the totals you know if the team's gonna score they're gonna score it's not like sanders can't cash the ball you know 67 is a pretty generous price um he had like one monster game against the steelers i remember then maybe earlier in the year against the rams i think he had 20 dk points but it really hasn't done a hell of a lot since And i think Miles sanders could be an interesting spot while you were just rattling those names off i was just scrolling through we saw david montgomery almost rip a 50 yard touchdown off against the packers so like they will blow their assignments frequently defensively. They're just not disciplined in their gaps. And it shows because David Montgomery is a trash can. So, um, I like Sanders. We're going mention all these names. It's like, okay, what about Miles Sanders? Like, uh, where does he fit in this ownership chart? I mean, we don't have him yet, but it's going to be very interesting come come this weekend when we get those projections,
2: TJ. Yep. Agree. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of close plays this week. So, it should uh, be – should be interesting.
1: And the trash can himself has the Lions at 5,500, so I might even play him. David Montgomery, 55? I mean, okay, that was a little rude on my part. I, I had a long day. I was stuck in traffic before I got home. But come on, David Montgomery's not very good. But I might play him at 5,500 against Detroit. So,
2: Yeah, no, that, that's wow. a, good, a good pivot because I actually do think that he could be a pretty, pretty good play. I mean, he plays like what eighty-five yeah. percent of the snaps for them. Of we know that Detroit's not very good against the run, or maybe against anything. Allen Robinson, another guy that's going to be a a good play. Let's see what his price looks like. Six thousand seven hundred oh, for Allen Robinson, great. like that after a thirteen-target, two-touchdown game back with uh, with Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah, so maybe there's some actually some sneaky potential in this Detroit-Chicago game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, we know Trubisky loves Robinson. Poor Allen Robinson, man. He needs to – if he had – imagine his numbers if he, like, had – if he got drafted into a decent system and just stuck with somebody. I mean, even if he had, like, Matt Stafford, like, he'd be putting up probably better than Galladay or something like that. And, and speaking of Galladay, you know, I'm curious to see what's up with him. We haven't seen him in a while. and He's listed as questionable on this Monday. Um but I mean, if he does play, he's six K flat. So you're right. There's some interesting potential, and obviously, you know, DeAndre Swift. Although Chicago's been pretty good against running backs, but yeah, Allen Robinson. Oh God, you know some people own Mitch Trubisky, right? Some people have him.
2: Yeah, 5400. Sure, he he brings he brings some upside to the table. over on the ball. Every once in a while, which I always like. And I mean you can get you can get a nice cheap cheap little game stack if you're gonna go, you know, Trubisky, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and Marvin Jones, if Galladay's out. I mean that's a that's a cheap little stack there that's gonna be unowned and then you have some some money to play with for the rest of line. If I'm building that together right now, I kinda kinda don't mind that, at least at this time on Monday. So, yeah, uh, I think we can go there potentially.
1: He, he seems to play well against Detroit. Um, a couple other games left, we got a couple minutes left here as well. We'll have to see what happens with Pittsburgh, you know, in the Ravens game. I mean, if they do end up playing, they're going to be on a very short week against the football team.
2: They can't play Wednesday and then Sunday, right? They'll they're going to have to move that game. I would think. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. That's, Maybe. A qu- that's a quick turnaround. Wednesday to Sunday.
1: I mean, the NFL didn't give a damn about the Broncos. They really didn't.
2: Yeah. Th- oh, man.
1: I know it's a whole – And we already
2: night. have two Monday night games, so.
1: No, it's true. We're, we're-, we're, we're have a three-game slate on Monday? One that, o'clock? That would be sick.
2: Five- yeah. We'll call a Thanksgiving call? we never got.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How about <laughs> it? I-, I know it's an extra day, but, I mean, Tennessee played Buffalo, what, Tuesday and then Sunday, but Wednesday is, like, very much so uncharted territories and – a little bit scary in terms of giving your body that extra day to get right. So, yeah, if if the Steelers end up playing Sunday and 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 Wednesday, Wednesday and Sunday, we'll never hear the end of it on Steelers Twitter. Right, that the week is out to get them. And honestly, I don't blame them. That's a very quick turnaround. So what do you, what do you do? I mean. You push that game to Tuesday, and then what happens if you get a, uh, you know, what happens if you get a test on, like, Sunday night or Monday a a Monday positive when you could have played that game on Sunday? So, good luck, NFL. I don't know. Um, I guess a note is that James Conner was put on the COVID list on Saturday, so he obviously won't be available for the hypothetical Ravens game, but maybe also not for the Washington game if it's still played on Sunday. But, you know, you'll get your updated news somewhere else by then, I'm sure.
2: Yes, sir. And I think the last game is that we didn't really touch on is Vegas and the Jets. <laughs> surprise, surprise that we haven't touched on that one yet. But I mean, I, I think it's a good spot for Jacobs if he if he's healthy and if he plays. I Feel like he he's someone who I always wanted to have on my radar for situations where Vegas is favored, and then Vegas is just never a big favorite. But if he does come back healthy, I think that. Is a pretty decent spot for him against the Jets. That you know, it's always a good, always a good situation against the Jets. I mean, I don't even know if they're trying to win at all this year. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, if Jacobs doesn't
2: play, yeah, if Jacobs doesn't play, then we're gonna have some some chalk on our hands, I would guess. uh, Devontae
1: Booker's actually fifty five hundred
2: Booker. Oh wow, okay, maybe not then.
1: Yeah, I'm good on that.
2: Yeah. I, I was thinking, I was envisioning like forty three hundred Booker or something, right? But yeah, fifty five hundred. That's I'd rather play Montgomery.
1: Gotta love it. Gotta love the insult to Joe Flacco. <laughs> they know he's starting. Like the Algos know he's starting, and he's forty nine hundred, right? <laughs> Darnold's more than him.
2: Still has the backup quarterback price.
1: I'm an idiot. Darnold played, or no?
2: Darnold's back now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Darnold's back. Oh, well, he's five k. He's five k. <laughs> okay, he played horrible, but.
2: Yeah, six points. <laughs> six points. <laughs> Come on. Oh yeah, we just you know the Jets. Oh, and and, and Mims is up to forty one hundred now. Can't even play thirty five hundred Mims anymore and get your ten points because he's gotten ten exactly ten in three straight it. games. Yeah, just don't play. Just don't play the Jets. I don't think. I think it's
1: yeah. You're, it'll be fine. There's other <laughs> yeah, <laughs> other areas to to pick from. I mean Crowder. Last three games he suited up. He's seen six total targets and uh, that's not good. I mean, Darnold loves them, right? Like, but how much is going to change in six and a half days? I I don't know. Not enough for me to, to like warrant any action there. You can tell I had no interest in the jets when I didn't even realize that Flacco, I just assumed Flacco played Sunday. I like had no, I like totally just disregarded them from my (laughs) research. Like, I don't, I'm good. Like I, I'm okay. Um, ugh, that's ugly, man. Seems like just yesterday we saw Darnold on a prime time uh, You know, scamper like 40 yards to the house or whatever against the Broncos. But seriously, I mean, I guess anything's possible. I mean, the, the, the NFL. This is why everybody is just is addicted to it because you go from the Raiders looking like legitimate contenders in a John Gruden offense that looked like it's really advanced over the course of the season. And Derek Carr went from throwing, you know, four yard outs every play to throwing the ball downfield, looking great and stepping up in the pocket and you know, putting Mahomes up on the ropes to getting obliterated by the Falcons. Like, like otherworldly, just dominated, looked like they never played a game together and a dome and a good in a, should be highest scoring environment so i don't know you you tell me if i had a crystal ball we'd be rich i I don't but we can help you and my advice is just don't play the jets this week i don't know what i think
2: that's i think that's the perfect advice to end the show on
1: Uh, anything else? play the jets anything else on your mind tj i mean this is definitely a strange uh, slate and we Obviously have some moving parts yet with the Eagles Seahawks game and then whatever happens with this Ravens Steelers game. And uh I'm just really glad that we don't have to deal with 13 and a half point favorite Mahomes and all of this, you know, after the monster games on the main card. Like we don't have to worry about that, which is kind of a gift. You know, we don't have to make those decisions. We have plenty of other ones to worry about.
2: Yeah, agreed. It's a a bit of a unique slate. We've got lots of heavy favorites so i think like we mentioned earlier some of the conventional game stacks and correlation plays you maybe don't have to force them this week if you're if you're not feeling it. if you want to stack up one of the heavy favorites and and not run it back with someone from a a team that's just not very good i think that's perfectly fine and, and mix and match plays that you like from some of the various games
1: Where can the people find you on Twitter, TJ? Let's hear it.
2: Find me on Twitter at TJL5124DFS. GPP article comes out on Friday, as usual. For anyone that's still playing PGA, we have our last tournament of 2020 this weekend. Firing those PGA lineups. Uh, I'll be in there still.
1: Let me ask you this. Our Roto-Grinders premium packages are awesome. You know, ownership projections are huge. In, in itself, uh, Chris Jamino and company do an amazing job there. And that's worth the price itself to me, honestly. Knowing, having a, no, no projections are perfect, but just getting a gauge where the leverage points are and our stuff's really good. Um, what's your favorite Tool or component of anything premium, you know, you've been uh, with RG for for a while now. I've been with the company for a couple months and and we have our discord and uh, we have a ton of NFL tools and we rattle a bunch of this info off and we work all day. Come home. We look at our premium usage app where you can find targets and snaps. On the same tool, so in terms of the, like early research and convenience, aside of ownerships, I really love the premium usage tool. and apps is just kind of a couple clicks away when you're trying to figure some stuff out. But what do what do you think here? We have tons of shows too. I mean, the list goes on.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think er- early in the week, I really love the premium y- usage app. Like you said, where you can check out everyone's snap counts, targets, air yards, all that good stuff to just kind of evaluate the prior week. I also really, on Monday, like to check out ResultsDB and just do a look back on some of the contests to see what kind of lineups won, more so looking at the, the construction of the lineups and, and just try to make mental notes of, of what I find to be winning some of these tournaments on a weekly basis. So that's, I would say that's my, my early week prep. And then, yeah, later in the week, the ownership projection, something I'm checking every day, see how that changes throughout the week. And then, I mean, there's so much content that comes out. We've got the, the expert rankings, the expert survey. So I'm always at least checking in there just to see what, what some of the other guys are thinking. What are the, the the plays that they like and yeah, just use all of that information to, to try and come up with, with, you know, my view of it. I think that you can't just, I can't just follow one thing and listen to that. It's all about taking in a ton of different pieces from a ton of different people with different perspectives and then making your own choices based on that. And that's really, really how I like to go about my week, but yeah, there's, there's so much stuff there. Hopefully you guys are all taking advantage of it out out, out there for anyone that's a premium member.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, I hope you have a good week for your sake. I hope the birds put on a good showing tonight. We'll see what happens, but uh for my man here tj Lasig and the rest of our roto grinders team i'm justin carlucci thanks for listening give us some feedback subscribe like good luck stay safe and have a good week